3: They won that game against Cincinnati, but it's a backup quarterback. Still, you're supposed to win those football games and you did, but they still made the same three mistakes. They still gave the ball away frivolously. They still had penalties at bad times and they still had MVS slash wide receiver drops specifically MVS. Can we just, can we mention him for just a minute? I hate to start the show with him, but what the hell, what the hell's going on there? Are, Are we, are we, have we not? We, Chiefs, Chief, The Chiefs have benched players for far less than that, Bank than him showing up Patrick Mahomes on a ball thrown a little behind him as the pressure was coming in that still hit him in both of the hands that he possesses. I don't understand. The thing that frustrates me about it is I want to believe, and I see the reports about, hey, they're going to narrow their playbook and this is going to work, but they still can't score in the red zone. The big plays, there was at least one to Rasheed Rice. That was good but they're still playing the same level of consistently annoying football that is the problems
0: are the same. No, no, it is. And that drove me nuts with MBS. That, w- yeah, with that the, was a tough the showing up your quarterback. That, w- that was the part where you're like, yeah, you're done. Yeah, you are done. You can't do it. And, and not only that, just a snap count. I mean, he really had like did, seven.
3: He, I mean, he had
0: a bunch. Yeah, it was in the 70s. And then 70%, 80, 80%. 80% the week before, but then it was 34 and 33 behind it. I get it. They don't have anybody else, but They're essentially playing offense with ten guys instead of eleven. When you have a guy out there seventy to eighty percent of the snaps, you're playing with the guy that's doing absolutely nothing for your team, and that that's one of the things that hurts your offense. It hurts your offense when you're just putting a guy out there. You might as well have a lineman playing wide receiver because he's not getting the ball.
3: This goes back to the initial thing we were saying about Drew. He's just out there getting cardio. Man's out for a job. Yeah, he's just running around. You're not not doing anything. Hitting the treadmill. He gets a catch every thirty. I'm not even kidding. 30 snaps he takes. That's how often he gets a catch, like twice a game. MVS has a rate four times that successful. He's a rookie wide receiver with zero NFL experience coming into the year, and he gets a catch. He is four times yeah. more likely to get a catch every a time he runs a snap. They like, well, help
4: just
0: put an extra line out there, seriously, because that's all you're getting from your wide yeah, receiver. Yeah, or a tight position. end. If all I'm looking for is a blocking for routes, put anybody out there. Go two tight ends, three tight ends, whatever it is. Just find a, and, and find a way to implement Richie James' your offense because he's proven um, he can catch the ball except for the, uh, the bobbled uh, I, uh, return, which <laughs> is yeah, good. But which he was, admitted that, he was returning no matter was, what. That. But to answer your question, what team really feels good about their team in the AFC going into playoffs except for Baltimore? Because everybody's got their flaws. And Buffalo's not even guaranteed to be in the postseason. They've been up and down. They beat the Chiefs, beat the Cowboys, looked terrible against the Chargers, still got the win, weren't great against the Patriots, got the win. But what team do you feel great? Do you feel great if you're a Miami Dolphins fan? No, I mean, you, you just, just line up 50.
3: You feeling good if you're a Ravens fan?
0: Well, I mean, you just got destroyed to a team that's going to be the number one seed in the AFC. How good do you really feel? Yeah, Ravens are it. In the AFC, that is the only fan base that probably feels 100% confident going to the playoffs. Everybody's got their doubts. Everybody's got their questions.
3: I know, and, and, and the Chiefs are included in this, and what stinks is that we're not going to get that warm and fuzzy feeling that we're used to going into the postseason, so there's just a lot more doubt. Over the last four seasons, five seasons, Bank when they've been hosting every AFC title game, the Chiefs have been playing their best football in November and December. Matter of fact, for a long time, that was the stat we used to throw around with Mahomes. He's 15-0 and in December. Never lost a December or January game, remember? Yep. We would go back and forth on Andy those things. Tied right in there. And and we would put out those stats. And instead now, we're, the last four games are going to be Loss, then, you know, like lost to the Raiders in just what has to be the most hideous game. I know I wasn't here for put, po- but that's the worst game I've ever seen. That the was. Chiefs play in the Mahomes Andy era. Not ever. I've seen them play worst football games. That's the worst game I've seen the two of them combined to put on a football field. They were just straight out bad against them. Then they're going to get a win against Cincinnati in the backup quarterback, and they control the action of that game, and they Drove the field a lot in that game, but settled for 700 field goals, still turn the ball over a couple times. And they didn't need to. And then this upcoming week, they're going to bench most their starters. So I'm still going to have no idea. I don't know what the chiefs are going into the postseason. Other than three things have been true. All 17 games this year is that they will turn it over. They will get penalties, right? Like the, like those are the things and they will drop the football. Those are the three things we know about the chiefs. What are the positives you feel like you know about the chiefs? Is what I wanted to come out of a couple of these games feeling. Bink. What is the thing you know about the Chiefs that you're like, well, at least they'll give me that. And I think right now the answer is, Rasheed Rice is a consistent producer. We got even more of that in this game. This was a lower target, lower catch game, but for way more yardage because of the deep play
0: and the fact that the deep play came on what we've been wanting all year. Pacheco is one. where he broke of, off yeah. the route that was called and he go and saw that hey, there's there's a hole in this in this defense. Where ready to go? But he actually broke off the route, which is good, because we've been waiting for you know Rice to hit that development because guys like Justin Watson have not I mean, Dan Orlovsky pointed it out weeks ago, right? Justin Watson had beat his man, could have ran straight down the end zone, nine rounds straight down. But he didn't. He ran instead right into the safety of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. And you're waiting for those type of things. It's a, it's a very Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill type of thing to do. If the route's not there, break off and do something different. Rice did that. That was a big development stage for Rasheed Rice in that game with that play.
3: I do think that we know that the defense is going to hold every team to 21 or under. Like you're pretty safe now that even if they face an elite level offense in the postseason, Ravens, Dolphins, whoever, I've seen them hold them all to 21 or under the entire league. The lions are a top five scoring offense. Miami's a top five score. They've held them to under 21. They have consistently across the board. Cause that's what, you know, over on Twitch, Sky Fox had pointed out. It's like, If the things you know are Rasheed Rice is a weapon, Pacheco needs to get the ball a certain amount, and the defense is good enough to win any football game because you're never going to be out of it, out of it. The question in every game is, can the offense put together, together enough scoring drives in order to do it? And against Cincinnati, they did. It wasn't, I don't, did anyone ever feel like that game was much of a sweat? I didn't watch that game like trembling in fear that, One day they would do it. I was getting annoyed at the field goals when I'm like, you know, all it takes is the. I mean, six
0: field goals. All it takes is the Bengals to put together one drive. There's a lot of times not getting in the end zone. Yeah, six field goals a lot. And you're you're relying on Harrison Butker, that did miss two field goals in each of the last two games. So one in each of the last two games for two. But he was nails, and it was perfect. And that's such a weapon for the Chiefs. You're not going to get in the end zone and put Harrison Butker out there. But there's a lot of those conversions you would like to see instead of Harrison Butker having a career high in field goals. Get the ball into the end zone. Sure.
3: I mean, I'd, I'd like to see a lot of different things about this offense. I think
0: it was just <laughs> glad that the running game looked a hell of a lot better than it did against the Raiders. And Mitch Holtis um, had said this. He said on Friday when I was in there for Bob, and when he came on and he talked about it in Chiefs pregame, the physicality. They were getting pushed around by the Raiders. They yep. were getting pushed around the, the offensive The entire line. game, they lost they getting, both sides of the but trenches. They, did. They, they lost both sides of the trenches. This was different. They were, they were shoving the Bengals around. They were running the football. And then defensively, they were controlling the line of scrimmage too. They made Orlando Brown Jr. look silly because the Chiefs got back there to six sacks. Now, guess what? The Kansas City Chiefs are number two in the National Football League in sacks. So not only are they now the number two pass defense. Which they were last year. Yep, they're now the number two team in sacks where they were last year with 55 sacks Uh, this year. um, The Chiefs are even better than that. Um, They've got 54 sacks, so one, one less than last year. So they need two to beat that mark that they had last year. But yeah, they're three behind the Ravens as far as sacks in the NFL but that six, put him right there at number two. And that's pretty impressive to be back to back years at number two in the NFL and sacks and the Ravens are going to rest everybody. And so are the chiefs, but I mean, there's some work to do to get that. Could it, could it be feasible where the chiefs get the record? If they need to get the East and the stick in this game, I'd be pretty impressive. if The chiefs tied I and mean, Gabber can beat East and preferred. stick. Well, so you
3: would think sacks. so. <laughs> I mean, That's at least plausible. Maybe they lose, but we'll see. The Chiefs, I still think, have one of the best defense in the NFL and would make the argument like we have all year that if this were reversed and the Chiefs had the best offense in the NFL with the 12th best defense, which is where they currently sit points per game on offense, they would probably feel a little bit different about where the Chiefs are because you're used to them winning that way. But they've also lost more games playing a defensive-minded football. They did, however, win in a moment that made it very happy for Chiefs fans because you might have remembered this comment earlier in the week from Jamar Chase about what stands out about the Chiefs secondary. We know what we're capable of. Everyone in the league does. That's why they, that's why KC double is the way they do. What stands out about that secondary for the Chiefs? If I'm being honest, nothing. They just know how to play us. They know the leverages. They know what splits we in. They just know what we gonna do certain movements. Um, they throw a little double doubles at us to stop the two best players on our side, and that's all they do. I mean, it's not really like they got a Jalen Ramsey on these squads. You know
0: what I'm saying? So, not much.
3: Ooh, ooh! Do you think he regrets that now? That luxurious Need for the 16th consecutive game held everyone out of the end zone, and Jamar Chase finished with what three for 41?
0: Yeah, the big three had eight catches for 89 yards in that game, and that wasn't good. Total, total. If you're gonna if you're gonna talk trash, you gotta back it up. At some point, you do. You have to back it up, which which will happen, but it starts to lose. It loses, the, its, it loses its weight when you keep doing it, and if you don't back it up, it's, it's not good.
3: I think you can talk trash going into any game, but my problem with Chase is that he doesn't know when to just take the loss. This was him after the game, in which he was shut down, the Chiefs won, and they eliminated Cincinnati from the playoffs.
5: I don't know what he was doing. I just be under people's skin sometime, I guess. You know what I'm saying? So. And nothing won't fight me, so that's all right.
2: Well, Mark, you take us through your perspective on
3: what happened that to the, the pushing and, and the flags.
5: Just trash talking, can't
0: handle it. How, how do you? How do you?
4: How
1: do you? Yeah, Who instigated the trash talk? Do you remember?
4: Nah, did? I started off. They, the whole defense was mad at me. You know what I'm saying? Started
3: at the beginning of the game. You've seen it. I mean, everybody's seen it. You know what I'm saying? That's just what I like to do. Why wouldn't you just take the loss? That's who he is. Your team's eliminated. But he, but he was laughing. That's he who he is. is. No, you no, T,
5: T Higgins laughed. That, see, that's why. Jamar did too. I know, they I know, but no, T made Jamar but laugh. That's so funny. T so funny. T made Jamar laugh.
3: Your team just got lo- that knocked funny. out for the season. You like that out of Jamar? No, he, As a Cincinnati Bengals fan, you like that out of Jamar? Jamar Chase, Chase Him is. Him yucking it up after Jamar
5: his team Chase got eliminated? is Chad Ocho He will always talk. That, that's the thing that I respect the most. But he did laugh too, though. Yeah, because T made him laugh. T, T thought it was hilarious that he, what he said. Anyways, he, he, he's Chato Chucinco. The thing that would bother me is if he talked and then they got blown out. He talks and they're always in the game. That, that, I, I, that's who he is. I, I'm fine it with it. But after when you lose be, and your season it's he is, is, is done?
3: It's not like you're going to see him and be like, hey, we'll see him in a month. Because okay, it's thank is? God that one, so be it. But that's how trash talk works. You're allowed to trash talk. We'll ask Vinny about this because I'm curious what he thinks, but. You're allowed to trash talk as much as you want. You're especially allowed to trash talk after a win because the Chiefs went on their victory lap tour, right? They, they took to Twitter and said their stuff. Sneed said, check the stats, right? You're allowed all of that. We, we allow Jamar Chase to say, tune in a can after we went for 260 against the Chiefs. But now for back-to-back games, they have ended Cincinnati season. And I get it. He'll probably just be like, well... It was Jake Browning, not Joe
5: Burrow. I'll get him next time. I mean, I think that is the ultimate argument is Jamar Chase wasn't fully healthy and they had Jake Browning throwing the football. I was surprised, too, that they didn't. I was kind of disappointed from a Bengals fan perspective that they didn't take more shots down the field. Given Jamar talked about the secondary, they won the one deep shot they had. It saved. You could argue it saved the Chiefs the game because they saved the seven points that would have put the Bengals at 23 and. I think that ultimately could have decided the game right there, but they took one shot and it worked. And then they didn't do it. Of course, at the end of the game, the chiefs defensive line just erupted yeah. and the Bengals O-line went The Bengals' The line went back to 2021 form where they had, where Browning had no time. Uh, I think that I was surprised that they didn't take as many shots down the field, given uh, the trash talk as well. Maybe that was Browning. Uh, and they didn't feel comfortable. I'd, I don't know. Jake Browning I thought would have thrown up one of those like screw it, they're down there somewhere balls. But yeah, but they, that he he didn't do it. But the week before that cost him the football. That's correct. Why. correct. The coaching staff was looking at him. He was
3: throwing he's thrown 30 YOLO balls since he's taken over the job. And he got away with like the first twenty-five. And then like four of the last five have gotten picked. And all of a sudden they're like, hey man maybe rein in the just, like, I'm throwing mm. up a prayer every yeah, once in a while. The funny
0: thing about it is he brings up uh, Bates, Jesse Bates, who plays for the Falcons now. Yeah. And it was Justin Reed who had back-to-back sacks. And yeah, Reed he was, was asked about Brian Cook and everything. Videos. Yeah, but it was Justin weird, Reed that had the back-to-back sacks for the Chiefs, which was impressive. But let's not forget Jerry Snead wasn't 100% either. And the Chiefs did no, something. No, he didn't practice all week. And the Chiefs did something they never do. He didn't practice all week. He didn't practice Friday, but he still played. Andy Reed's been pretty steadfast. You don't play Friday. You don't practice Friday, you don't play. Yep, that It's kind of been a steadfast thing with the Chiefs. But they knew they needed him. And Sneed was not 100%, but he stepped up and played. And I think we'll look back in history on this particular game and just, you know, LeJay Sneed manning up, going out there and playing against Jamar Chase. Didn't practice all week. but Yet he goes out there and plays the game at a high level and it's something you don't see from Andy. I can't even think of any instances no. at all where a guy didn't practice on Friday. Unless it's a played. concussion. No, it, it doesn't happen. Cause it's it, a
3: little bit different when that sometimes he'll let them play
0: because they just can't practice. Cause they have to they go the protocol. Yeah. But, but they, if you don't practice on Friday with Andy Reid, you don't play. I mean, he I, did.
5: I do think too, that they, they finally decided to, to figure it out, to run the football. And I, and like I said it all last week is that if the Chiefs should have ran the ball 40 times and they would have won the game. At one point in this game, Isaiah Pacheco is averaging 18 yards Per carry. I, I told the you, down the Bengals, field. they could every single and every single carry, a bad carry was like three or four yards Yeah, for, for, for the Chiefs. The, that was the worst that they could do. Pacheco was always getting the push. They, I mean, they only ran the ball 18 times with him, but I, I just think that that was that that will be it'll be interesting to see how they can com- continue to include that in their offense or if they should, because it helps balance things out a little bit because Pacheco was so effective. They loaded the box a little bit. Kelsey, they, they held Kelsey to nothing, but the defensive backs got beat all the time. I mean, even though MVS dropped those passes, he was open. Justin Watson was open. Uh, Rasheed Rice, of course, burned uh, Cam Taylor-Britt. I mean, the wide receivers were, were were getting open. So, effectively using the run game, I, just, just seeing how it goes in the playoffs and how they utilize it and all of that will, I think, be important as to whether or not they continue to advance through the postseason. Yeah, Can I Kuna think for on three, the Bengals, for
0: tomorrow, they have to understand, I mean, that was getting out physical, man. I mean, just as bad as they've the been Chiefs out physical fans. all
5: year. They've been, they've been terrible. That was, it's that all was been bad. all year.
0: You're, you're playing a team that was <laughs> the Raiders did anything they wanted against the Chiefs with yep. physicality. And so you're taking a team that wasn't physical at all against the Raiders, and they just pushed you around the field. Pacheco, 7.2 yards per carry in the yep. game. He has a career high in rushing for a team that really could not run the football, except for Mahomes. Say Mahomes ended up with four carries for two yards and one incredibly important carry that picked up the first down. But he still ends uh, will end this season with the uh, highest rush total that he's had. But they didn't need him like they didn't need Mahomes to have to be a part of that running game like he was against the Raiders when they were 50 yards rushing because Pacheco was able to you know control Actually the, line the of running I, yeah. I
5: was totally baffled. Jermaine Pratt, linebacker, zero tackles on Sunday. How do you get zero I, tackles I, at linebacker? I, I was. It was amazing. He he missed the tackle on Mahomes on that fourth down uh conversion where Mahomes just yeah, yeah. slipped j- 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 just was gutsy and just went for it. And, you know that that was that was a big play by Patrick Mahomes. Um, I, I think again it was just like there were moments where you were on the brink, but I still think Mahomes came up clutch, whether it be that play in particular or you know being able to make a throw to Rasheed Rice uh to to whoever. I, I think that you know he was. Able to make the plays when called upon, as he always has been, um, to do the job. And I think again, running the football has killed the Bengals all year long. And the Chiefs utilized it. I'm sure it was refreshing to see them run the ball effectively. Oh, of course it was.
3: Yeah, they're not they're not going to stick with it. But yes, it was refreshing for <laughs> That's at least the, a little be the most bit.
5: frustrating thing. They're not going to stick with it, That's even just, though it
3: worked. You know what? I sometimes accept it, and with Mahomes, I accept it even more. Don't forget, coming up Friday, January 12th, starting at 6 p.m. We'll all be at Cinderblock Brewery. For our third annual Playoff Pilsner release party, Dusty will be broadcasting live at 6. The entire 610 Sports Radio staff will be present, including our guy Jay Binkley. I assume he'll be there?
0: Oh, 100%. Okay, Binkley's not going to miss it. You're, go staple all the beers. Yeah, you know, might as been well, a great right? thing the last three years. Yeah, absolutely. so much fun.
3: So that'll be Friday, January 12th. Come out and see us at Cinderblock Brewery starting at 6 p.m. We'll all be out there. Going to be a blast as always. Last night, though, the college football playoff semifinals take place. Alabama tries for the quarterback sneak late, comes up short against Michigan. That game was great, by the way. And then Washington in the later set ends up getting their win. My initial takeaways are, first, I think Michigan's been the best team all year, and they've maintained that. They've managed to take down Alabama. I don't think teams were wrong for saying Alabama was one of the four best teams, but I still don't think that that's how you should decide the playoff. I think actual results should matter. You know what's funny is we can talk about the games just a second because I know both of you guys will have a take on it. My, my biggest frustration is college football is the only sport that we let get away with this nonsense where I, if I want to watch the end of Washington and Texas, I have to stay up until midnight <laughs> on a Monday to do it. Why? Why am I still staying up? Like they tried to shorten the game this year and then just squeezed a bunch of extra commercials in. clearly, by the way, clearly squeezed a couple of extra commercials in for this time because it took. Over two hours to get through one half of football last night. It's offensive. Shorten it.
0: It took, it took entirely too long. I, I was okay with it because college football season is essentially uh, being done, but they got it right with these four teams because what we've seen is a lot of blowouts. 20, oh, are 24, close. 28, 30 point um, in the semifinals. They've been known for what just a couple years ago was like 22 points a game was the difference mm-hmm. between. Uh, the margin of victory in the playoffs for some of these teams, and then of course you saw what happened to TCU in the national title game yeah, last year well against done. Georgia. Georgia probably could have made a, a good argument to be in the playoffs. I wish they would have expanded um, this year, but we'll not we'll not get it. But what great games! Like that was great games. The bowl season had its uh, had its time, especially in New Year's Six of not having a good game. Liberty Oregon was terrible. The Florida State game was pathetic. College football needed what happened last night. And Michigan showed why they've been great all year, and that's the defense. It's the number one defense in the nation that points against. It's the number one defense Yeah, they frustrated Alabama. And they and they showed why they're the number one defense. Now, how much did no one team signs? How much did that help them throughout the year? It doesn't matter at this point because, you know, clearly they didn't do that against Alabama. But yet Alabama, it was a heavyweight fight. That was a heavyweight fight between Alabama and Michigan that lived up to the billing.
3: I did really laugh when, like, it seemed like the special teams were going to cost Michigan a chance to play for the national title. I'm like, God, is this guy going to get fired on the plane ride home? Didn't realize until later, that is Harbaugh's kid. Yeah, that's, that's who coaches special teams, yeah. his son. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, nepotism going to keep him real employed, just like I don't think Kirk Ferentz is going to fire his kid from being the O.C. somehow, even though <laughs> they got shut out four times this year and won 10 games. The most wins for any team shut out four different times in a single season was three before Iowa, which makes absolutely no sense. Think, so weird.
0: You know, what, you know what else is funny? Ole Miss gets 11 wins with their bowl win right over Penn State. First yeah. time. First time they've ever had 11 wins. Shocker. Alabama has had at least 11 wins, 13 straight seasons. For 16 straight years, they've had at least 10 wins. Yeah, That sounds right. I'm but with that you. That is incredible.
5: I'm, I'm with you, Cody, on the whole thing. Like the, 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 Last night was great. Two great games. I think we were going to get it regardless, but at the same time, the you can also admit that Florida State deserved to be in, even though they but, got ran out of the building yeah, by Georgia because they but didn't play. We anybody. still got two. We, we still got two good games. Which I think we knew we were going to get. Like nonetheless, like two things can be right at the same time, and I think that is uh, the way that it was. But it'll be interesting to see the the championship game. Hopefully, it's as good as the two semis were, because I think that's the first time. I mean, those are by far the two best college football playoff game, the semis. Without yes. question, uh, I mean, two classics just in college football in general. I think in terms of going down to the very last play of the game, uh, it was everything that you wanted out of a college we, football playoff semifinal. Did
0: Florida State really deserve to be in, though? Cause yes. They, yes well, here's the deal, though. They weren't going to have their quarterback. And you see the crap that Florida State has to backup quarterbacks. Tate Ruddemaker, their true backup. He didn't, didn't play. play the ACC title game because of concussions. He's already hit the transfer portal. Yeah, and then Brock, but he, he wouldn't have if they would, were playing he, in the Nationals. Yes. He's not even that good. Like he's see, better they, than they, the guy they rolled yeah, out there. He's not that good. He's not. He's already hit the transfer point. He's not that good. That would have been Michigan would have totally, any of these teams would have destroyed Florida State without Jordan Travis, a the quarterback. They
5: would have. They would have been in. They, they deserve
0: to be in. Yeah, you can make that argument, but would you have a competitive game like you did? You wouldn't.
5: Florida State would have been within 10 points of Michigan.
0: Florida State was embarrassing the way they treated that Orange Bowl. That was the largest margin of victory ever. Georgia's the team. Georgia has one three-point loss to Alabama in the SEC title game. That's it. They're back-to-back national champions. And didn't get a chance to go out there and show it. That uh, was my whole problem. That's my whole problem with the system, The whole thing. Make an argument that Georgia was thing. better than Florida State this year to get into the playoffs. Bank, sure, I'm surprised. you can make an argument that they're better than
3: Washington, but that doesn't mean they should be in Florida it. I don't care
0: Florida State in this bowl game. That doesn't matter. I'm just saying, without the starting quarterback, that made them not one of the four are, best teams.
5: Bank, are you in the pool of people that say Georgia should have made it over Texas? Now that Texas lost, you
0: know what. I, it's hard to make the argument they don't belong. I mean, they put sixty-three points up in the bowl game. This is the largest bowl margin of victory. I was waiting had. for
5: people to do for to, for but, people to say that Cody yeah. was as, whoever lost. It didn't though? matter whether it was Washington or Texas. Georgia belonged instead but, of them. But, but I, Georgia was, really came on towards the middle of the
0: year. Yes, they lost to Alabama, but who cares? <laughs> Alabama beats everybody. They lost to them by three points in the SEC title. They lost game. their they,
5: conference title game. Thank God this, God this is, is the back final back
0: national champions. It, it was hard. It doesn't to make matter. Room.
5: You can't look back at you can't. Well, you, then they should have put them in instead of Bama.
0: Listen, they, I, I feel they got it right. They're the top four teams, in my opinion, were in the playoffs. And it got it right because it was a down SEC
3: year, and the SEC yeah. will not play in the championship game for the first time in, what, 10 years?
0: And you're going to have a Pac 12, maybe be the champion, and it's going in- away. In- <laughs> well, actually, it's,
5: it's Pac 12. It's, it's, it's all Big Ten championship game, guys. Yeah. That's true. That's true.
0: This is when Oregon and Washington were sitting out there when they first took UCLA and USA, I was like, man, Britt, you Mark, Big 12. You had to go after Washington, Oregon. These teams are actually good football teams.
5: If, if Texas would have won the title, Cody, do you think they would have claimed? Do you think the Big Twelve would have yep. claimed the national title? Yep. Or tried to at yep. least? You absolutely
3: do. I mean, I, final I year they're in your conference. They would absolutely it, yeah. do. Pac Twelve gets to claim the same thing. Oregon State and Stanford can just hang out together and be like, "Look at us! Our conference is defending." We do
5: have a national championship, guys.
3: <laughs> national championship, and we'll split the revenue that comes with that, but not with the teams who actually are in the uh, conference. Texas anymore.
0: Washington was unbelievable. Those receivers. For Washington and Texas, <laughs> they've been mocked to the Chiefs a ton.
3: It's because Washington, I'm well, not.
0: Texas receivers, Xavier Worthy, uh, A.D. Mitchell, Jatavian Sanders, they're tied in. They've all been mocked to the Chiefs repeatedly. Um, and then Jalen Polk's really coming on strong for Washington.
3: It is not hyperbole to say that Washington has currently a better wide receiver unit than the Chiefs. It is <laughs> no, they it, do. Is not, it is not hyperbole. It is actually probably it's... accurate. When we come back, our NFL insider Vinny Pasquantino joins us next to talk about a little baseball but also some football with the playoffs just two weeks away.
0: Call from mom. Answer it.
5: Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
2: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now joining Cody and Gold, it's your VinFL Insider,
4: Royals' first baseman,
2: Vinny Pasquantino.
4: We hate the Broncos.
3: Back here on Cody and Gold, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. Gold back tomorrow. Jay Binkley with us, but it's still 1030 on a Tuesday, which means our VinFL insider, Vinny Pasquintino. How's it going, Vinny?
4: Uh, it's going good. Uh, can't complain at all. How are you guys doing? I'm not
3: doing too bad. Good. I got NFL. a nice break. I took I took like 10 days off around Christmas and New Year's. I'm feeling great, Vinny.
4: Yeah, that's perfect. I, I am back. I started working out again last week. I had some time off too, as you guys know. So uh, now we're back, full go, ramping up for the season.
3: How long into the off season before you get bored?
4: Uh, it happens pretty quick. There's a few stages of there's a few stages of boredom. There goes the there's now. This wasn't a normal off season for me, obviously, because I got cleared shortly after the season. So it was I had to get my you know shoulder back where I wanted it to be. But in a normal off season, you you know you take two weeks off, then you start to get bored get to the weight room then you get bored again because you want to do baseball stuff you might start playing catch you might start swinging a little bit then you start getting really bored luckily football's on and then once january hits it's it's that full stage of boredom where it's like all right i'm ready to get out the spring at least for younger guys maybe not older guys as much that have been around for a while but uh but yeah that that itch is definitely starting to really itch now
0: do you get that shoulder where you want it Vinny? i mean does it start to feel like back to kind of like normal with lifting weights and everything else like do you feel uh you feel strong in it
4: yeah uh in terms of the weight room i feel unbelievably good about it um we've gotten to a point where where i i'm full go in the weight room i am full go everywhere but i'm definitely full go in the weight room i can go overhead which feels good and then uh from a baseball side of things to be honest i really think it's it's better than where it was before when you just start looking at some data metrics that we use, whether it be bat speed or some different things that we use. Um, it seems to be in a better spot than it was before, and maybe that just means it's actually healthy. So so for me, that feels really good, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to attack this next month and then get out to spring and see where we're at.
3: Speaking to our NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino, I promised to ask some NFL-related questions to you in just a moment, Vinny. But I did want to ask about um, some off-season rumors that circled around you. We don't normally talk about that kind of thing with your NFL stuff, but your name got mentioned a little bit when the Royals were busy in the off-season. What did you make about your name maybe popping up?
4: Uh, um, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, that's never really happened before in that kind of official of a way. But the best part about it was that I was at my welcome party for my wedding. And I didn't really have my phone. And then I went to the bathroom, and my I didn't have service where I was. And then I go to the bathroom, and for some reason I had service in the bathroom, and my phone starts lighting up. Um, so I was really confused because I didn't see the article. So for a second, I thought I had been traded. Uh, oh. But then I, re- then I realized it was just an article. And uh, luckily, my agent was at the wedding, and he had already <laughs> He had already known about it. He just didn't want to tell me because I was prepping for something different. So, yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, this is a business, right? If if our front office isn't doing what they uh, what they can do to make the team better, then, in my opinion, they're not doing their job. So, anytime you're mentioning something like that, like some guys get angry or whatever for me, I just look at it as it's just another just another business thing, right? You know, it's, it's cool to be mentioned because that means the team wants you, but it's cool that my own team – it seems like based off the writing of that article said no um, because they like me the way that I am. So, I don't know. It doesn't matter. So, that's kind of where I'm looking at it. I'm super excited to still be in Kansas City. And uh, like I said, I'm just ready to get out the spring.
3: How did you feel, by the way, about all the offseason moves the Royals have made? I mean, I've, I've had a chance to text with a couple of you guys. I mean, I feel like this would be a very exciting offseason to see what you have on the field.
4: Yeah, so for the first time, you know, in my – it'll be, you know, I'll hit – two years this year, the first time that I've been up, there will be some actual expectations on us to win. It won't be, you know, quote-unquote, an evaluation year, which every year is an evaluation year anyway. If you're not being evaluated, <laughs> then sure, what are, what are we even doing anyway? <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's not necessarily about the young guys pushing forward anymore. It's about It's about going to get some wins, and that's exciting. I know everybody's excited about that. It adds a different level of pressure to it, but it's pressure that we've been that we've been waiting for and wanting and we're excited for the challenge of it. And the new guys, like I could speak on Michael Waka. I know how disgusting he is because I faced him a bunch of times. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm really excited for, for the challenges that this will bring. And I think it's a good group of guys that are brought in and I'm really, really excited about it.
0: All right, Vinny, we get the uh, NFL playoffs here in two weeks. Got one just final weekend to go. Um, You're going to make it back here to Kansas city for the, the first round.
4: That's the plan. Uh, there, there's hopefully going to be a special guest there with me. Uh, we're working on it, waiting to see, uh, waiting to see when the game is. Because, it, it, Cody, you were telling me, and this makes such—I mean, if the Chiefs are playing the Bills, I, that's probably looking like the Monday night game. <laughs> yeah. I would have to assume. Uh, ESPN's probably going to fight for that one, but we'll see. Uh, I'm going to try to make it out there, see if we can make some things happen. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, I'll be at Arrowhead for Game One of the playoffs.
3: The Chiefs could both face the Dolphins or the Bills in the first round. Those are still the two most likely scenarios. Vinny, you're a Jets fan. You've seen seen them both a lot. Who should the Chiefs be more afraid of in the first round, the Dolphins or the Bills?
4: Well, I just think objectively speaking, probably, I say objectively and then I say probably, but objectively (laughs) speaking, the the Bills, just because they beat them before, they're more healthy. The Dolphins are pretty beat up right now. Everybody's beat up, right? That's not an excuse, but they did just lose Bradley Chubb to an ACL in a game where they were losing by 40, which sucks. So they lost both of their their edge rushers this year. Um, You know, they're just really banged up right now. They can't seem to win the big one. So I would say the Bills, just because they beat them in Arrowhead before, they played them a bunch, they know each other really well, and, you know, you never know what's going to happen when Josh Allen takes the field.
3: How do you view the Chiefs now, Vinny? Now that you've gotten a good look at them for the last couple weeks, they've struggled, haven't talked to you in a few weeks. What do you... What do you make of the Chiefs now that they've kind of gone through this downswell but finally got back on the, the win board against the Bengals?
4: I mean, yeah, it doesn't look fantastic, but they're still finding a way to, you know, win a few games here and there. So there's still the three-seed. Uh, I love Twitter because just the amount of complaining that uh, is <laughs> happening right now in, in the Kansas City football world from uh, bands Ten and six, right, guys? I just want to yep. make sure it's ten and yep. six. Um, More games have been won than lost, and you get a, uh, you know, you host that first playoff game. So so that's always good. Eight straight division titles. At some point, one of them's not going to look as clean. I think Mahomes gave an interview and said something like, yeah, you know, it took us till week 17 to wrap up the division where normally it's been taken. I think, you know, obviously there's some things that, especially as fans, you'd like to see cleaned up. But like I've said all year, anytime you have Patrick Mahomes on your team, you're still a threat to beat anybody. So even if you're the Ravens, I don't think you really want to be playing the Chiefs in the playoffs. They just find a way to make it happen. So, you know, I would assume everybody's resting this weekend, get some well-needed rest, little bye, and then uh, see you at Arrowhead next weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah, the five straight trips to the AFC title game, they just played more football than anybody else. Vinny, this week, uh, a little bit of smack talk, um, you know, coming from the Bengals side, Jamar Chase, not sure who the Chiefs' defense was, no respect for him. And he still talked after the game, too. When a guy loses, I love smack talk. I do. But when you lose, you can't run your mouth, though, can you? Like, you didn't cash your check.
4: Uh, it's a tough one for me because I would prefer you just not to talk about it like that in general. Like, if you're going to talk, it at least makes sense in what you're talking about. And everybody knows how good, luxurious need has been this yeah. year. So, it just doesn't really make sense to be uh, – running your mouth like that but whatever some guys need to do it right I mean some guys just naturally need to do stuff to get them going to get their team going so I'm assuming he was doing it from a point of trying to talk his team up but then you go in and you lose and I think what their, their season has ended at Arrowhead twice yep. this yep. year so so that's tough um yeah I mean if you're going to talk about it you better be about it and he was not exactly about it the other day he has been about it before though uh, it's just not the other day so tough one for the Bengals but you know, the better team want in that situation.
3: Who's the best trash talker on the Royals?
4: Best trash talker on the Royals? I think Salvi's pretty good. Nice. Salvi's a pretty good trash talker. I've seen him get after it a little bit, but we don't really have... <laughs> Bobby's actually pretty good, too. He just keeps it in the dugout. <laughs> we don't really have anybody that's... Uh... I mean, it was Amir Garrett, right? I mean, last year, that's who it would have been. Uh, he, he wasn't afraid that, to get in the middle of anything. But maybe. maybe Maybe as we keep getting better, somebody will crop up that uh, is a big smack talker. But it's tough to talk when you lose 106 games. So you, you try not to uh, say too much in that regard. You, you want to talk once you get a little bit better.
3: Vinny, we really appreciate the time as always. Congrats on the wedding. Oh, I guess I should ask you before. How did the wedding go? Did you have a good time?
4: Wedding went great. It was unreal. Uh, time of my life, that's for sure. So really excited about it. And I honeymooned the week after. Was gone for a full week. So... I was off the grid for a week, which was nice, and uh, yeah, now I'm back, recharged, ready to go, and got a ring on my finger, which is interesting, haven't ever worn a ring before, so I'm getting used to it, and yeah, it was unbelievable, she looked fantastic, I looked fantastic, so it was just just all around a great night. You going to wear the ring while you play? I will not be, and what I want to say is that I would put my necklace, or put the ring around my neck, like on my necklace, but... If I'm being completely honest, I'm way too lazy to every day take my necklace off and then put the ring on and then take it off and put it back on my finger. So the ring will be safely in my locker during games, at least at this moment. Until until something changes, that's the plan.
3: Vinny, thanks again for the time as always. Uh, Looking forward to talking to you more in 2024. Thanks again.
4: Yep, sounds good, guys. Thanks.
3: That was our Royals insider, Vinny Pasquantino. I mean, I can't imagine for a second you're at your wedding and you're like, your phone is was i traded was i traded and you're like no 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 just a rumor about how your name was mentioned in a trade and that's what he said he's like luckily enough my agent was there so i could just go ask him (laughs) which i guess is good (laughs) interesting hey man did i just get traded dude that would be a cold thing to do Trade a player on their wedding Hmm. day damn i mean it's a business but it doesn't have to go down like that but the good sign is what he said which is yeah sure you're talking about trading for Lozardo, a player I would have been very interested in if I were the Royals. I understand why they were interested in him. But they brought up Vinny, and they were like, mm, no, that's not a name we're willing to part with right now because he's still the middle of an order bat for us coming off of the injury. And so we've got plans for him, which I think does matter. It is also funny to put in perspective sometimes with the Chiefs, with the division titles and the wins and the AFC title games. I understand that every year is not supposed to be. You host the AFC title game and half of that time, or better than half that time, you go to the Super Bowl and you. Win. But you know they set their own expectations. Bank. It's not a bad thing that I think Cheese fans have higher expectations for you. Expectations are good. Same as he was talking about on the baseball field. When you have no expectations, that's bad. If we just don't care whether you win or lose, that's no good. Cheese fans care if their team is better than your, you know, or worse than you're used to them being. Even if other teams like. The Jets would pray for a moment to be 10 wins.
0: They start getting so excited, you know, the summer buildup. You you remember being a
3: Chiefs fan and like praying for 10 wins? Or
0: you hope things shake out to where where you can't play at home. But again, it doesn't matter. Mahomes has 119 touchdowns on the road, just 100 at home and almost 1,300 yards passing and just two more games on the road. He's fine. This team has fought with this defense. This this team is built better to play on the road than previous years. 100% 100% better.
3: Defense travels. It I does. mean, it, it does travel. So it there's no doubt.
0: Is, it excels. on This team plays well on the road. They like the villain role. The question I like have every embraces. week is,
3: can they score 22 points? <laughs> can they score 24 points? A question I never, ever, ever, ever thought I would ask about the Chiefs, I find myself asking every week. As it's a struggle, Bink, every week in order to get there. But over the weekend, one thing did happen that this show has been asking for. I, I understand this notion the people sometimes get defensive, like, oh, well, if you've never played football, then you can't know. If you're not on this coaching staff, then you don't know. I give coaches a lot of credit. I think there's ANGMs and gms a lot of credit. I think there are, they, they are in it more than me. They are more knowledgeable than me. I could not design an NFL offense. I understand that. But I also think sometimes they can't see the forest of the tree. And finally, something we had been asking at least six weeks for on this show has occurred. But for the third time this season, we banged the table long enough, asking for something to occur, and it happened. And that was this time, Rasheed Rice on a deep ball. Ah, what a treat. Drew, How what, what was that, five weeks ago, six weeks ago? Oh, at least it, we
5: were just begging We were begging for it to happen. So can we just throw one up there? Nothing to lose at this point. Just
3: find out what happens. Yeah. And in addition to this, it was a made-up route from Rasheed Rice. Not even a designed deep ball, one where... He saw what the coverage was doing, was supposed to run another boring ass five-yard hitch, and instead took himself the single longest play for the Chiefs on offense this season.
0: And it was a route that he broke off and did something himself. Yes. It wasn't uh, the called one. It was look, like, okay, look at this defense, what they're doing. Let me just do something else because your quarterback will find you. And that was a big learning experience at that point for Rice. That was huge, the fact that he saw what the defense was doing and he made an adjustment. So well, if I do this, Mahomes can find me, and he did.
3: I never thought at any point that a rookie wide receiver under Andy Reid would become their second most important offensive player, but Rasheed Rice, absolutely, you know, outside of Mahomes, quarterback's always one. I don't even care if your quarterback's Jaron Hall, it's one, because you're not going to get anything done unless that player does something for you, but for Travis Kelsey to still be your most important player and for Rasheed Rice to come close, Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey, have they're close in yardage. Rasheed Rice has been as effective in this offense as Travis Kelsey. I never thought that plausible. But the one thing that they still weren't doing was throwing the ball down the field. This has been a part of the frustration with their offense this entire time. They have turned into the level of offenses that you see across the league bank that, like uh, Drew earlier, he was talking about his Cincinnati Bengals. And he was saying, I just wanted him to try to throw the ball down the field one time. We've been asking that for the Chiefs all year. Like, enough. Enough screen passes. Enough balls behind the line of scrimmage. Enough. Four-yard curl routes. We've seen them over and over again. If you do not threaten or even pretend to threaten to go deep ever, you're not going to do it. You know why Rasheed Rice was able to get open on that play? Because they don't respect the deep ball. Being all he had to do was beat one single. He is their leading wide receiver. All he had to do was beat one single corner to be open over the top, all by himself. No safety anywhere near him. And that's because they don't respect the deep ball, so do it more. This is designed deep balls to Rashid so, Rice. So, don't let this be a one-off.
0: It's been so tough for this team. Yeah. They, they don't have to respect the deep ball. They can creep up. You can start creeping up. But when the running game starts doing well, it starts opening things up. And if they're throwing the football, it all works hand in hand. But when you're not able to throw the deep ball, the defense, there's no reason to stay back there. They start creeping up and creeping up and creeping up. And it, helps, it hurts the running game.
3: Like I just, and, and but it. this shouldn't be a one-off. Rasheed Rice breaking off one route, that should just give you the confidence that you can send him deep. I think they've been a little bit afraid to send him deep because they don't have any other short passing game. What is their short passing game, right? Let's say, who is the wide receiver right now on the team that can catch uh, an eight-yard dig route? And the answer is Rasheed Rice. And they don't really have a complementary piece outside of that. You would think that Sky... Could have helped him that, but he's been hurt, or Tony could have helped, but he's been hurt.
5: Richie James got the same amount of snaps he did
0: as last week. Maybe, Maybe Richie him.
3: James makes sense in that scenario. It's certainly James not. MVS. needs to be
0: elevated. NVS is it needs, n- a, needs a, Those snap counts need to be elevated with him. 100%. It's never been
3: NVS, and it, he's yep. a deep threat guy. So their deep passes have all been NVS and all Justin Watson. Well, I don't want any more passes going to NVS. <laughs> Useless, worthless effort. No, thank you. No more deep passes to NVS. Justin Watson, occasionally fine. In the S-0, Rasheed Rice more. That's what that play taught me. Rasheed Rice should be a deep threat for this team as well as an intermediate threat. I know it's not often the Chiefs have designed their offense that way because the last guy to do that was Tyreek. And look, Rasheed Rice is good. He's not Tyreek Hill at this stage of his NFL career or anywhere close to what Tyreek turned into probably at that stage. But you can use him in both and just run, like you said, Bink, Richie James short. That'd be fine with me. But the fact that Rasheed Rice is even, like, being used in a deep pass, oh, Mahomes saw it, Rasheed saw it, perfect pass. It brought joy to well, my they, heart. At the really
0: evaluation did. stage, like you read the big article that came out right before the game, yeah. you know, Short the personnel that comes into the game make, so the team can play faster and all that. What has be when you look at the evaluation, you're thinking, okay, see, MVS played 80% of the snaps, and MVS played 70% of the snaps. He's not getting the ball. He's not getting any catches. This is a wasted spot for this team offensively. He just showed up our quarterback at one point you know, a million things, not to like really. I mean, seriously. Oh man. I his just, confidence has to be at zero right now. I
3: don't want to turn this into yet. Um, MVS, which uh, it certainly should be. And more excitement about Rasheed Rice. You know, we've probably undersold. Do you know how many times somebody has told me that you cannot be the number one wide receiver in an Andy Reid led offense? Man's going to finish with a thousand yards in his rookie season. He barely played for six weeks. Rasheed Rice was not a major factor in this offense for the first month and a half until he had to be. He was getting 40% of the snaps, 35% of the snaps. The second he started becoming a 70, 80, 90% guy, he became a 5-for-80 and touchdown guy every single game for this team. Again, I still hope that this is like the starting rotation for the Royals, and eventually they push this, um,
5: you know, they push this further down, right? Like... Rasheed Rice is just a, a great two. And now he's got the most yak yards in the NFL. Out of any wide receiver, Jamar More Chase, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Puka Nakua, he has the most yards after catch in the NFL this year. That's kind of remarkable.
0: And one thing, too, is should give people some confidence with Brett Veach because that's always been the thing. Could he draft wide receivers? Because they know he can't defensive backs, which you got to give him a ton of credit for what he did last year, having the five rookie defensive backs playing the Super Bowl. And the question is, well, what about – what about wide receivers? Well, if you look at last year's draft class, he's got the number two guy. And don't get me—Puka is going to lead in receptions and yards. But everybody screwed, missed him. Everybody did. And I know the Rams finally got him, but you know it took a while. But they finally did. But it, again, it took several rounds. Rice is right now the number two receiver rookie, in, including tight ends, pass yep. catchers, two in receptions, two in yards. That is incredible. Actually, he's two behind Laporte as far as catches. But as far as wide receivers are concerned, he's two and three, and then he's three and two if you throw tight ends in the mix. That's a second. Outside of Puka Nakua, he's the best rookie wide receiver numbers anybody has. It's yeah. why the Chiefs are fifth in the NFL in passing, which is still a crazy stat. I would say Veach hit that, right? He got one receiver. One, and he got it right.
3: Yes. One, and, like he-
0: and he got it right. This year is going to be about the focus on the receivers – probably bring a whole bunch in the talk, probably going to be a ton of them go work with Patrick Mahomes to figure out which one, which ones to draft in Detroit this year. But I give people a lot of confidence that the GM got it right. He had one dart to throw, and he's the number two receiver. In I think people are still frustrated with
3: Veach because he also threw a dart with McCole and it didn't work out. And Sky has been an even bigger oh, there's bust than McColl Hardman. And the MBS right. deal looks like... Garbage right now, but did he help you in a Super Bowl last year? Like it's just one of that, like that balance of year two of this deal stinks, and they gave themselves a big out on year three, so they're done with MVS. They only signed up for two years of MVS, and that's all they're gonna have to really get at MVS because they can cut it for two million dollars. But like you know,
5: they- the way that I look at it is that he. The way that the Chiefs have addressed things have been just like the Packers were up until they they thought Mahomes could carry it all the way, and he did last year, and they won with the exact same wide receiver crew they basically have now, but it's not working this year, so what do you do from that? He built he built the defense, essentially. He yep. drafted Trent McDuffie. For two straight he, years. Yeah, he, he has made this defense the best defense in the NFL, right along with the Baltimore Ravens. That is a Brett Veach, the trademark, if you will, so far, the, the, that is the big thing he's done. And we'll see what he does in the offseason with, with the offense. Because the defense is built up well enough now. Even if, you, even if you do lose Chris Jones, which it is likely, not, he, he's not going to be here. The defense is still good enough because of what Brett Veach has done.
3: Yeah, because of the young corners and all that stuff. Jerry Sneed has skyrocketed Correct. up my list of players I would like to uh, keep around longer, too. Especially based on price, which is a whole different conversation. When we come back. We now know the possible playoff matchups for the Chiefs. Which way are we rooting for this to go? And what are the possibilities? We'll take a look at that next.
2: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?